0: I've got a great escape. And I've got a supreme decision. Date Fight!
1: Welcome to Date Fights. It's the podcast where we take extraordinary things that happened on this day of yesteryear and your and business. Mm? And we stick them against each other in a sort of montage of conflicts if you're a big fan Todorov and Eisenstein, kids.
0: <laughs> He's, yeah, I'm Nat Tapley, and together we are watching the blackbirds fight outside my window. Look at them! Oh, they are not happy. Whoa! Not happy with each other. Um, you're not. Um, are they?
1: Are they Eastern European wrestlers? No,
0: they are not. They are British blackbirds. Jake, thank you. Non-migratory. No, <laughs> I think you'll find they don't leave these shores. Coronavirus or no coronavirus, dearo dear. dear. Yeah. I'm going to take you to the 17th of April 1905, when the Supreme Court of the United States decided in Lochner versus New York that you have the absolutely fundamental right to free contracts. That means states aren't allowed to do silly rules, like meaning there should be a maximum number of hours you should work, or a minimum amount you should be able to be paid, or health or safety conditions... Because you've got the right to sign any contract you want, as does your employer. You're free to do that. No state can tell you that you should only have to work 60 hours a week if you work in a bakery. That's ridiculous. Joseph Lochner had owned Lochner's Home Bakery um, and when the New York Bake Shop Act of 1895 came in, it said that no one should spend more than 10 hours a day or 60 hours a week working in a bakery. He decided to ignore that. So in 1899, he was brought to court on a charge of violating the New York Shop Act and was fined $25, which he paid. In 1901, he was fined again because he was breaking the law again and he was fined $50, at which point he appealed. He lost his appeal. He took it to the state Supreme Court. He lost there and he took it to the United States Supreme Court and he won because they said no state should be able to tell you that you can't work more than 60 hours a week if you want to. If, um, Because you have the absolute right to make any contract you want, no matter how unequal the relationship might be with your employer. It would be unfree to suggest otherwise. So this marked an end to the progressive era when there was lots of legislation trying to... ...make new regulations and new sort of enforce working conditions... ...and we're getting to the Lochner era in which the Supreme Court tried to overturn as much progressive legislation as possible... ...and that lasted until 1937, until West Coast Hotel versus Parish led to the Supreme Court finally affirming there could be such a thing as a minimum wage law... Um, not only did they, did they strike this down, they struck down a law for billing yellow dog contracts in 1915. The yellow dog contract was a contract which a an employer would try to force you to sign saying that making you promise that you wouldn't join a union. Um, they also struck down a minimum wage law in Atkins versus Children's Hospital, and I think if you come down on the side against a Children's Hospital, you're mm. probably not the goodie's in that story. Are you?
1: Oh, make me out to be the bad guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Lochner was uh, defended, uh, no, his case was argued by Henry Weissman, who was an advocate of the New York Bakers Association but as secretary of the Journeyman Bakers Union, had argued for the New York Bakehouse Act of 1895 uh, but mm. now he was against it saying it impo- impeded the treasured freedom of the individual uh, should be slept, swept away under the guise of the police power of the state. The average bakery of the present day is well ventilated Comfortable both summer and winter, and always Mm sweet-smelling. So that was the reason that a baker meant that you couldn't have a minimum wage law. 1905.
1: Good times. Mm. I am not going to go to the 17th of April 1521, where uh, assemblies of uh, Catholics were called diets, and there Mm. was a big one in a place called Mm, mm, Worms, and it was the Diet of Worms. Mm. Because that's just stupid. Okay. Instead, I'm going to take you to 1876 and the Catalpa Rescue. And it's the most exciting story ever. Six Fenian prisoners in Fremantle Prison in Western Australia. Yeah. And this was the day they broke out. (laughs) So, prior to now... Yeah. British authorities were rounding up supporters of the Irish Republican Brotherhood, which mm-hmm. was an independence movement, as you might expect. Sixty-two of them had been taken to the penal colony of Western Australia. Mm-hmm. They'd been convicted of treason or rebellion or whatever, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One of them was granted amnesty after a few years, and he ended up, because he wasn't allowed to settle in Britain, he went to New York and started working at the newspaper, the New York Herald. mm after nine years, he got a letter from uh, an inmate still there—a guy called James Wilson. Yeah, saying, "Please, can you help us? Because we are stuck here, and I've been here for nine years." And he wrote, he signed off his letter saying, "We think if you forsake us, then we are friendless indeed." Oh. So this guy, John Devoy, who was at the New York Herald, he he talked to a couple of other former convicts from the place. A guy called O'Reilly and a guy called McCarthy Fennell. And Fennell said, "Here's what we'll do: we'll we'll get a boat, right? We'll we'll load it with a legitimate cargo, and we will sail to Australia. Because then, you know, no one's going to be suspicious because oh, here's our cargo. Look, we're doing thing, right? <laughs> then we're going we to sneak out hats these with corks on strings. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we'll sneak out." Uh, the convicts and we'll, we'll get the hell out, right? So they got this guy who was a whaling captain called George Smith Anthony, mm-hmm. and he said, "Sure, I'll do it." And off they set. They didn't know that the chronometer on this boat was broken, oh. so the captain Anthony had to rely on his own dead reckoning for navigation. <laughs>
0: did he? Did he know that before he left? Was this I, a, a sort of know, situation where like, there, yeah, no, the ship's fine. Get there's on." A
1: lot to deal with. Okay. I did say I was a
0: whaling captain. Oh, woe is me! That's me whaling. That's they uh, went
1: to the Azores, mm. right? Uh, they offloaded 210 barrels of sperm whale oil. Yep. Yum, me, yum. And, and most of the crew deserted the ship. And three of them were sick. And I was like, hey. oh, what the hell do we do now? They managed to get hold of a new crew and they set sail for Western Australia. Uh, the weather was terrible and it took 11 months.
0: What, finally where?
1: They were just off the Western coast, from, from the States.
0: Did they go the wrong way?
1: Then they <laughs> then they had to wait two or three weeks for the right time uh, because there were lots of uh, soldiers and stuff around. And they decided 17th of April because the Perth Yacht Club regatta was on and most of the garrison would be watching that. Right. So they drop anchor and they get a whale boat and they take it to the shore and they sneak out. Uh, six Fenians who were working on in like prison gangs outside the prison walls. Uh, And there was a seventh one and he got left behind. How galling uh. could that be? They put them up in a horse trap and they raced twelve miles to the pier where they were waiting with the whaleboat. And but they got betrayed by a local who'd seen what was going on oh. and alerted the authorities. So then they start rowing like crazy to get to the Catalpa. This uh, boat. There's a big uh, storm that broke the mast of the the main boat, the Catalpa. And they finally uh, rowed out again to the to the boat. Um, but then it got really scary because basically the cops arrived uh, the colonial governor had commandeered a steamer and all the men had to lie down at the bottom of the whaleboat to try and hide and they didn't they weren't seen um but the steamer found the catalpa uh but the first mate said just a minute there's a 3 mile limit to that colony and you're outside it you can't you've got no right so the steamer was like well i'm just going to follow you and ha- harass you then uh, so they did and then they ran out of coal so they had to go
0: <laughs> that's why we don't use steam ships
1: finally the whaleboat, the little rowboat made for the ship again and then a police cutter with like 30 armed men was spotted and so the two of them were racing now to be first to the catalpa with the whaleboat winning and they just about got there they got on board and then uh the cutter was like Ugh, i don't know what we're gonna do uh, give up and stuff and then uh, the steamer came back and tried to get them all to surrender and stuff. And they, they overnight, they bolted a cannon onto the deck and they shot at them, uh, a warning shot. But they ignored it and they hoisted the US flag and they said, if you come any closer, this will be an act of war against America. Now back mm. off. And off they sailed and got back to the States and the men were free. Well, Amazing The one story. who was left behind. I know, imagine that. His name uh is James Keeley. He he did not get out. Oh. Sorry about that. James oh, what a Keely. what a tale of daring do.
0: That's great. That's much more exciting. It's, it
1: makes me glad we're not competing for today and there is no poll today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all well, we've been saying, I think, you know, we need a bit more production, need some jeopardy. Yeah. Yeah not today. Yeah. Is that what <laughs> you want, Nat? Is that what you want? <laughs>
0: Um, Happy birthday to Alexander Cartwright The man who invented baseball Um, In the 1830s there was the Gotham Baseball Club And what do you think the Gotham Baseball Club played?
1: Uh, baseball? No,
0: it was Rounders They played rounders But when Alexander Cartwright Which is baseball
1: Sorry Sorry No
0: it's not Because he came up With the rules In 1845 When he came up With the New York Knickerbockers And the Knickerbocker Mm -hmm. rules Which says Listen
1: to yourself That
0: there are Foul parts of the field Into which the ball Cannot go There are no foul areas In a rounders Mm. pitch Unless I've been playing Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So there were Nine men on a team As opposed to No limit in rounders There were foul areas and there were three out innings um, as opposed to having to get everyone out as you do in rounders Um, and everyone said, oh that was the invention of baseball, then they realised that's not true, in 1857 most of those rules were made up, Um, in fact the Major League Baseball's official historian, John Thorne says of Alexander Cartwright's plaque in the Hall of Fame he has a plaque in the Baseball Hall of Fame on which every word of substance is false so that's Alexander Cartwright, who was famous for a while for being for inventing baseball. In 1846, the first recorded game of baseball was played between the Nick, New York Knickerbockers and the New York Nine, who were a spin-off from the Gotham Baseball Club, and the Knickerbockers lost 23-1. to 1. Alexander Cartwright left New York shortly after that presumably in shame Um, moved to California why did
1: I invent this game I suck at so hard (laughs) this is
0: so bad Uh, then moved to Hawaii where he became the fire chief and opened the first baseball pitch in Hawaii that's Alexander Cartwright the fire chief of Honolulu who invented baseball
1: I have a death uh, from 1998 Linda McCartney who you know I feel like a lot of people had a lot of fun kind of laughing at her and stuff. Well, all of his wives
0: tend to, I mean, apart from Jane Asher, because the next wife got a few jokes about her as well, didn't she? Yeah. As I recall.
1: Yeah. And I feel like, well, it's none of our business. No. He was very happy. And, you know, that's a great thing. And her sausages are pretty good. Still holding up against a lot of new vegan sausage technology. <laughs> Frankly, you uh, know, are
0: there more impressive newer sausages?
1: I'm not going to lie to you. There's some pretty amazing new vegan sausages.
0: And uh, so, talking, are hers just vegetarian, or are they vegan as well?
1: They're vegan. Most of her stuff is vegan, but right. they 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 might need to overhaul their uh, their stuff a little bit. No. <laughs> it it was 90s? great back in the day, yeah. but you know <laughs> just Richmond are making vegan sausages now, and they are amazing.
0: Which is that is amazing because their meat sausages are disgusting. Oh really? Oh yeah, they're complete. Well, they're almost vegan, I suppose, anyway, because they're essentially just rusks and fat. Yeah, it's the fat I see. They've to replace with some sort of oil. I guess so. But yeah, Richmond taste. are the worst sausages.
1: Uh, they're fitness. also
0: our sponsor this week uh- <laughs>
1: Yes And our, our huge thanks to our great friends there uh, Richmond Sausages Keep mincing well done, Matt. Beans, guys Well done mate I was just beans. trying to secure our future Richmond Sausages <laughs> So fresh you can taste the fear mm, Rank <laughs> We'll be back tomorrow with it's another date know. fight it's I hope you'll join us if, Yeah just you know It's fun in between bowels and vomiting We'll see you tomorrow Bye-bye. bye bye Bye